Hello, my name is Jacob Schondel. I am the Webmaster and Media and Technology Committee Chair for Shepherd of the Valley, and you are listening to the ShepherdCast, the weekly podcast from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Sandyville, Ohio. Each week, we bring you our weekly sermon in audio form, as well as our weekly Bible readings. We thank you for joining us for worship, as even though you may not have been able to join us on Sunday morning, we are glad to have you with us through this podcast. Now, if you like what you hear, and you're able, and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about our worship experience at sotvchurch.com slash worship. In case you're curious what the readings are for this Sunday, or you would like to follow along in your Bible, we will be taking a look at the readings listed in our show notes for today's episode. Also, when we read our readings, those come out of the NRSV translation of the Bible. So, without further ado, here's this week's readings read by our lay reader, followed by the Gospel and Sermon by the Rev. Scott J. Anderson. Good morning. Good morning. The first lesson is taken from Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, the Israelites set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, but the people became impatient on the way. The people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord and to take away these serpents from us. So Moses prayed to the people, and the people said, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it upon a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We will read responsively Psalm 107, verses one through three and 17 through 22. Give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good, for God's mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that God redeemed them from the hands of the foe. Gathering them in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some were fools and took rebellious paths. Through their sins they were afflicted. They, they loathed all manner of food and drew near to death's door. Then in their trouble, they cried to the Lord, and you delivered them from their distress. You sent forth your word and healed them and rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to you, Lord, for your steadfast love and your wonderful works for all people. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of your deeds with shouts of joy. The second lesson is taken from Ephesians, chapter two, verses one through 10. 
You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived above them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We respond with the Lenten sentence. Return to the Lord your God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter, beginning at the 14th verse. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment that the light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise and let us pray. Gracious and wonderful God, we love you, we praise you, we give you thanks. Help us during this Lenten season, as you were lifted up on the cross, for us to see our sins and thus repent truly of them. Help us, dear Lord, 
that we may love you more dearly because of the divine love and grace that you have shown us. Help us in our daily lives to reflect your love and grace to others. We ask, dear Lord, to send your Holy Spirit upon me that I may preach your word truthfully and faithfully. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I hate snakes. This is at least one thing Indiana Jones and I have in common. You know, if, if you've seen at least one movie, Indy is faced with either a pit of snakes, an underground building with snakes, a railroad car full of snakes, something. And some point in the movie, he says, I hate snakes. And at that point, I want to stand up and cheer and yell, Amen! Woo! Now, if you think those movies, about those movie scenes, okay? Then imagine our community is full of such snakes. You cannot even cross the street to go over to Crossroads Restaurant without being bitten. This is what the people of God faced in our first reading this morning. However, the people of God actually found themselves in this mess in the first place is because of what they did. Now, again, imagine uh, you're going on a family vacation, and it's going to be a long trip. And you get in the car, you have everything packed, you pull out of the driveway, and you're not out of the neighborhood and you begin to hear those voices from the back seat. Are we there yet? I'm hungry. I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm thirsty. Is that all you brought for a snack? Really? Uh, well, now you have an idea a little bit about what Moses was putting up with for 40 years in the wilderness. And the people, as we heard in our reading from Numbers this morning, spoke up against Moses and God, and they said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Are we there yet? For there is no food. I'm hungry, and there is no drink. I'm thirsty, and we detest this miserable food. Is that all you brought for a snack? Old Testament scholars refer to this and other such uh, readings uh, in the uh, uh, first five books of the Bible as the murmuring tradition otherwise known, uh, paraphrasing my Old Testament professor, Dr. Ralph Dearman, gripe, 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 gripe. The people of God were never satisfied with the gifts of God that had, he had given them. They grumbled about being in slavery in Egypt. God gave them freedom. So they murmured about wandering in the wilderness with no food and wine. 
Water, well, wine too, probably. God gave them manna and quail and water flowing out of a rock. So they murmured about the manna and quail. Now, in the past, the other murmuring traditions uh, were primarily against Moses. Now they have upped the ante. They have murmured against God and Moses. And this is what gets God's attention, okay? And so God figured that his people needed an attitude adjustment. Hence, the poisonous snakes. And after many had died, guess what? The people of God started to change their heart. And they said the hardest thing that anyone has to say, we've sinned. As an aside, I disagree with Leroy Jethro Gibbs of NCIS and one of his rules, which states, never say, I'm sorry, it's a sign of weakness. Well, to me, it takes a great deal of strength and courage to say, I'm sorry, I goofed, I sinned. The people made that statement. We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you, Moses. And it's at this point in the Old Testament reading, these words are for us to admit our sins. These words are a call for us, especially during this season of Lent, to say that we are sorry to God and also to each other in our repentance. God heard and answered Moses' prayer by telling Moses to make a bronze serpent and set it on top of a pole. God gave the promise that whoever was bitten by one of the snakes would look upon the bronze serpent and be healed. Notice something here. God gave that healing in a very scandalous way. The very thing that caused death was now the very thing that brought life and healing. The very thing that reminded them of their sins was the very thing that opened up the way to forgiveness. The very thing that reminded them of the very first human sin that led us out of the Garden of Eden was the very thing that opened the way to the promised land. And so in this Old Testament lesson, we too are not off the hook. This is a lesson for us to learn as well. During this season of Lent, we must look into our lives and see our sin, especially the sins that we really do not want to wish to acknowledge, that we do not want to look at, that we really would prefer to hide in the darkness. If we do this in true repentance, we will truly receive forgiveness. And this is Jesus' point. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, 
so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus is now linking this event of the cross to Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. It is also pointing out that this cross, this dying a scandalous criminal's death is just as scandalous, if not more so, than what took place in the wilderness. Jesus must be lifted up on the cross for all of us to see the worst of ourselves, the worst of our sins. And maybe this was John the Baptist's way of pointing Jesus out at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Behold, here is Jesus, the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. Jesus dying a criminal's execution on the cross brings healing. Jesus' execution on the cross in such a scandalous way points us to divine love and divine grace of our God. And that's what Jesus says in the next verses. We need the image from our Old Testament lesson and the previous verse in John then to truly understand that verse that everyone loves to quote. But it's also the second verse following that that really defines the first. And you could probably say it along with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. But listen to that next verse. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. When we lift up the cross, we see that God loves us in this way, in this divine grace, in this divine love, which are all gifts from God. The cross of Christ must be lifted up as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent for us to realize the depth of love that God has for us. The cross must be lifted up for God's salvation for the whole world to see. The Son of Man came not for God to condemn, but for God to save. The grace of God is given for us to see those three lifting ups of Jesus. Because Jesus is lifted up on the cross, we too are lifted up from our sins by grace. Because Jesus was lifted up from the grave, we too are lifted up with new life and given the victory over sin, over death, and over the devil. Because Jesus is lifted up to heaven through his ascension, our spirits too are lifted up to live each day anew. All of these lifting ups remind us of the gifts of love and grace freely given by God so that our joy may be complete. As we lift high the cross of Christ, 
We are healed by God through grace and love. The verse from Ephesians reminds us not only of this healing, not only of these lifting ups, but our Lutheran faith as well. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. What else can we say? Amen. You have just heard a very special sermon from Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church. We thank you for listening to the Shepherd Cast this week. If you like what you heard, and you are able and you live in the Northeast Ohio area, we would like to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays. Our services are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. You can learn more about the worship environment at our church by visiting sotvchurch.com worship. While you are there, you will also see the precautions which we are taking on account of the COVID-19 pandemic in order to worship safely. As I say every week, we are a church in service. If you wish to support this podcast, we hope you will support us by supporting our church's ministry. For more information on how you can do that, please visit sotvchurch.com support. Of course, you can keep up with us online at our church website, sotvchurch.com, and you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at sotvsandyville. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Shepherd Cast, so please tune in then. Till then, we thank you for listening, and God bless.